Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome again to the Student Ministry Matters Podcast. I'm Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, on this series of podcasts, we've been talking to people who are going to be involved with the SOAR 2022 conference and sharing a little bit about what they will be sharing at the conference, as well as just getting to know them a little bit better and share some time with them. Before we get to today's conversation, I want to thank our podcast partners, Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. Central Baptist College is challenging, engaging, and inspiring. And it's a place that you might want to send your students to see what their next step is in their educational journey. It is a place where they are going to get a great education, but it's going to be Christ-focused. So as they spend time learning about biology or English or music, it's all going to be focused around their relationship with Christ and what that means for them in the long term. And so I just want to thank our, our friends at Central Baptist College. If you need information or if you want to set up a visit, the best thing to do is to reach out to them at cbc.edu. Now, one of the other things that you can do is if you're looking to finish a degree that you didn't quite get finished during those specific college years, contact them at cbc.edu. They have a PACE program that is designed to help you reach some of your educational goals. Well, on today's podcast, I'm talking with missionary Brian Reisner, and I am excited that he's on the podcast today. Brian has been serving in Romania for the past few years. He is going to be back at SOAR 2022, sharing with students and just being there. And so I'm excited. Thanks for being on the podcast, Brian. Hey, good morning. Well, I, again, I'm just thrilled that you're here with us. Uh, how long have you been in Romania now? This July will be four years that we've been in Romania. Man, that is that is like a long time. And then in some ways, it probably just feels like just yesterday that you loaded up your family and headed over to Romania with my son. My son was a part of that team yes. when you guys made that initial move over there. And so just, again, thrilled that you're on the podcast. You were one of our first guests. I was looking back, and you were on with us in June of 2020. Uh, we had a chance just to talk to you about culture and what that looked like over there. Um, but you're, we're going to be talking today about helping students answer the call. Our theme for SOAR 2022 is called, and it talks about all those different things, but we wanted to spend some time with Brian as he's going to be sharing in one of the main sessions about this idea. And so, uh, Brian, before we kind of get into that conversation, let me just ask uh, that you tell us a little bit about what's been going on with your family recently. Well, you know, it has been very interesting recently. Uh, we, we moved to Romania, uh, like I said, about four years ago. And our, our goal was to 
work with the Romanian church plant to plant a new church plant uh, and to do that. Well, God changed that right as soon as we got there. Uh, instead of doing a Romanian church plant, we actually did a gypsy church plant, the Roma church plant there. And, um, and, and it was challenging but rewarding. And then uh, about a, eight months ago, we started a new journey, a second church plant. And this time it was a Romanian church plant. But uh, when Russia attacked Ukraine and the war started, uh, we had a new opportunity to help the refugees. And God brought over 150 refugees to our area where we live, uh, to a, a local camp, a church camp. And we've been there since day one of the war, uh, since the war started. And we've been uh, witnessing and preaching and helping the Ukrainian refugees. And it's just been a game changer for us. Well, the last time that we talked, it was really, well, it was in 2020. So we were all still dealing with the pandemic, um, dealing with kind of the fallout of that and what it looked like. I mean, our conversation was in June of 2020. So there was still a lot of it to go. So how has that impacted your life and ministry in Romania? It has impacted uh, our life in, in, in a lot of different ways. Um, it's changed our direction. You know, we've always was tra we tr was trained from the beginning during uh, missions classes and and during the assessment committee that uh, we should write our vision with a pencil. And it's because once you get on the field, God sometimes calls you to other things, or He'll change that vision. And uh, and we have seen that firsthand throughout our time in Romania. But it, it has really changed. Uh, because we, we shifted our direction for a little bit on the Ukrainian refugees and, and was able to, to make major um, accomplishments with them and, and, and through them. And not only have we helped them, but they actually helped us. And uh, we're thankful for that. To help some of our listeners, because we have listeners across the U.S. And, and unfortunately, many of us in the U.S. are very poor in our geography. How far away is is your community in Romania from the conflict that's happening in Ukraine? Yeah, so we are six hours from the border of Ukraine, from where we are located. Um, so it's very close. Uh, you can get there within six hours and then you actually uh, be in the hot spot, be in where they're actually sending missiles and things within uh, within a uh, eight-hour drive. That's hard for us to to understand and comprehend. I mean, I think about, okay, six hours away from Northwest Arkansas, that'll get me to Dallas or to St. Louis. And to imagine that something of that magnitude is happening that close, um, that would be hard. And so has that brought extra stress in your family and in, in the believers that are involved in your communities? Absolutely. Uh, for our family, it has brought a lot of stress to us. You know, we, we wasn't really, um, we didn't see it coming on such of a scale, a massive scale. Uh, we thought if Russia was to attack Ukraine, it would be over in the, in the extreme east of Ukraine. And we didn't anticipate it being the whole country. Um, it was scary for us. You know, we wasn't sure exactly how far Putin was going to go and, and, and where was he was going to stop. You know, we we had to get a, a create a go bag, as people calls it, uh, where we actually had sleeping bags and food and, and extra money and things in our vehicle at all times. Because if we had to escape uh, to get to an airport or or, you know, further south towards Greece, we would have to do that at a moment's notice. And and the fear of a, a nuclear attack or some kind of um, 
uh, a major bomb that could affect us. Um, it, it was very, uh, he had us on eggshells. Wow, Brian, that is, that's a lot for me to hear and a lot to comprehend. I think about my own kids. I know that yours are, have just, well, yours have just finished the 11th grade in that age bracket. Uh, my kids are in college and then once just finished, but they're, so it's, it's not that broad of an age gap and, and thinking about what that would have been like um, to deal with. That's a lot. That's a lot. So let me just ask this. Um, what does it look like now? Are we, uh, is the conflict coming to a close? Do you, what can you tell us from your perspective? Yeah. You know they're 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 constantly shelling and attacking uh, the Odessa area and other areas there in Ukraine, and and it almost seems like the the quiet before the storm. You know before it hits us again, we don't know what's going to happen. The potential danger is still there, and um, so we're just we're just monitoring the situation very closely. And with our with our friends, we had um, several Ukrainians that we've been helping. Uh, they just traveled back to the Ukraine, and we, we was really not thinking it was a good idea. But they was uh, three months away from their away from their husbands and away from their family, uh, their parents, and um, so they're there now. And and we get e- we get um, Facebook messages constantly from them, uh, videos with the bomb sirens going off in the background, and they're telling us that they're having to be in their basement, and um, it's very sad. So so I would love to say that it's dying down. But it seems like it's about to get ramped up again. I'm, I'm praying that I'm wrong. What's the best way for for us as you know, as we deal with our students, as we talk to our students on a weekly basis? There's conflict all around the world. That's that's just a part of of life here in a sin filled world. Um, but what can we do? How can we pray for? the people of Ukraine and the people like you that are close and ministering to refugees. I say to pray um, that God will continue to open doors with, with Christians being able to have contact uh, with the Ukrainians during this time. Um, you know, we were shocked that out of 150 refugees that came across the border that we actually had direct contact with out of 150, only two of uh, families were Christians. So the rest of them was non-believers. So pray for these uh, wow. opportunities to have gospel conversations, um, and um, it, it, because you know it's all about showing love and sharing the gospel. And um, so pray that the opportunities will continue to to happen, and uh, and pray that God will um, open the hearts of the Ukrainians, those that are not saved, that um, they will be able to hear and understand the message that's being presented by all these organizations that are that are Christian based. Well, I know that being on furlough and for those of those of our listeners who aren't as familiar with the concept of furlough, start there, Brian. Uh, what what is a furlough? So, a furlough uh, for missionaries is a time where you you go back to your country, so for ours it's the United States and Arkansas, and you're able to go to your supporting churches and give them updates and let them know what's been happening uh, during the time that you was away. For us, it's been two years ago since we've been on furlough, uh, back in that uh, 2020, and um, so we're gonna so we're back now, and uh, we're going to go to these churches, give them updates. Uh, able, it's a time that they can love on us. We can see family that we hadn't seen uh, in a long time, and uh, and then also to um, 
to be able to uh, collect some fun funding to con- help us to continue to do our work in uh, our country, which is in Romania. Well, I think, you know, one of the th- great things about furlough for you this time is there's probably, I know you've come back to, to work. I mean, it is supposed to be a time of rest, but it's a lot of work as you visit and share. And maybe there's a reduction in stress because you're not in that area of conflict in the world right now. Um, but we just, we just want to say thank you for being there and being in the hands and, and feet of Jesus with the people that, that we can't. I mean, I'm located in Northwest Arkansas. I can love on the people around me, but there's nothing I yes. can do, me personally, for those people in Ukraine. And, and so thank you for doing that. Hey, it is an honor and it's a blessing to have the opportunity. You know, I just look at ourselves as, as a small tool in God's big toolbox and, and God is using this the way that he sees fit. And, and, um, and, you know, your prayers, we covet people's prayers and, and that's really what helped drive us. Well, one of the, the things that we want to talk about today is, is answering the call and really helping our students answer the call. Because you answered the call to ministry, God had put you in a place where you could be used in a big way. Um, I know that you've been over there for some time now, that that's as you led volunteer student mission trips, um, your heart became drawn to that area. And so it's just been fun to, to watch how God has worked in your life and the life of, of your kids and your wife. You know, we're excited that you're going to be a part of the SOAR conference this year. Our theme is called. And so before we get to that, helping our students, um, how did you know God was calling you into a life of ministry? You know, that's, that's a funny story. Um, I felt the calling on my life as a young child. My grandma and my mom would tell me stories that when I was younger, I'm talking about six, seven years old, that uh, I would have my grandpa's Bible in the living room and, and I would be preaching to an imaginary crowd. And I, just, that <laughs> passion, just that passion, you know, for people. And uh, we would watch TV and movies. And, and, you know, during commercials, you would always have sometimes the, the you know, the soft music and the, the uh, uh, commercials with Africa and the starving children and they're trying to raise money. And uh, my grandma told me that I would always have tears in my eyes and, and I would say, one day I'm going to go help build them a village. And so I think that calling that God was just putting that desire to help the need, the people in need, was evident at a young age. And as I continued to grow and I uh, got married, student ministry was uh, God called me to student ministry and I became a student pastor. And uh, through that, God then called me. Um, after I, I got a good foundation to start calling into the mission field on short-term missions, leading teams uh, for VSM, Volunteer Student Missions. I would lead teams to uh, Romania and to Africa, and God was just building me up and just, just establishing that, and, um, and it, it was just evident uh, in my whole family's life that uh, it was a clear call that we knew that's what we was to do. Uh, my background is in law enforcement and student ministry, and and even in the law enforcement field. I believe God has put me in law enforcement to train me uh, to build uh, a char- a character that I might not have had any other way. Uh, going into some of these gypsy villages in Romania is dangerous, and it can be scary. And it yeah. seems like my law enforcement experience for going into some scary places has helped me even on the field in Romania. And um, and all of that, I think God called me in these different areas to prepare me for his ultimate calling. And that's where we are right now. 
You know, I'm convinced that God uses uh, the entirety of our life to prepare us for moments and ministries. Just watching and looking back in my own life and how he has done different things that have led me to where I'm at today. And it sounds like the same sort of thing. God was preparing you from that early age, pouring into your life, giving you different experiences and things to, to make you ready for a moment like this. And Amen. that is so exciting. Now, I do want to ask, how old were your kids when you made the move to Romania? They just finished the seventh grade. Uh, so it was the summer uh, that they was uh, after they finished the seventh grade. I believe they was 13. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I might be wrong on that. <laughs> but they just finished the seventh grade. Yeah, seventh graders are usually 12, 13, somewhere yep. around that age bracket. Yep. And so, yeah. Um, but I, I'm just thinking in terms of being a student pastor myself and, and looking at these, uh, you know, seventh graders that I deal with. And, you know, now your 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 children are, are young adults that are heading into their senior year of high school and, and going through all of these things. Um, how did you get them on board with the idea of, leaving behind the U.S. and all the comforts that they were used to and going to a place that was going to be quite different. You know, it was a God thing. It was all God and it was all his direction. And um, uh, our biological daughter, Melody, um, again, she was around 13 at the time. And then we adopted twins when they were seven years old, Lindsay and Landon. Um, they're all three of the kids are the same age. Practically, we say we have triplets designed by God because <laughs> they're, they're all the same grade. Um, but for the twins, especially, it was tough because, you know, we had adopted them and and we was going to leave their Mimo and Papa, their great grandparents who had custody of them when we met them. Um, they're going to leave them behind. And they're always already in their uh, in their 80s. So they was concerned, you know, would they be alive when we when we came back, when they came back? And Melody, you know, leaving her family behind and, and friends, and, and it was really hard for them. It was a very, uh, it, was, it was a lot of faith. It took a lot of faith. But God really uh, showed up and started to call them as well to help them to, to cope with it. And, and it's been rocky. There's been times when we had had some counseling. But overall, the big picture, they're doing fantastic. And they have grown so much closer to God during this time than ever before when they was in Arkansas. You know, they're going to come back shortly. I think we talked a little bit before we started recording that their plans are to come and to be a part of Central Baptist College after their high school years. And so I'm excited about that for them. They're going to come back. And there's a term that uh, you may be familiar with called third culture kids. And they're going to fit some of those those things. And so... Uh, we'll be praying for them and praying for you guys because you'll be separated by the miles. Yes. Um, and that, that'll be tough on everybody. But all of those things, all of them are things that we have to deal with when we decide to answer God's call. Whether we have to set aside some things that are make us more comfortable, whether we have to say goodbye to people that we love and that we care about. And so the big question today is we, as we talk is, how do we help students answer the call of God? Now, it may be to a life of vocational ministry, or it may be to, to do ministry across the street where they're at. So let's, let's just kind of start there. Uh, Brian, as, as you share at SOAR, what, what kind of things are you going to help our students understand? Well, the biggest thing I want them to understand is don't just stand there. 
don't don't just be standing around. What I mean by that is, is I'm going to share in Acts chapter one uh, when Jesus uh, his ascension to heaven and where he gave the last call to his uh, apostles and and he told them, hey, in a short time you're about to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you're going to be my witnesses and and and, and he started sharing the places that they're going to be and and Jesus started ascending into heaven and. You'll see the picture where the apostles are just kind of in a trance. They're just standing there, kind of gawking in the air, kind of looking at Jesus as he's floating away. I know that had to be uh, very uh, interesting, scary, all the emotions that they was experiencing. And the Bible says that two angels appears, and they said, Hey, man of Galilee, why are you standing there looking in the sky? You know the same Jesus you see that's leaving is going to come back. In other words, you have a call. You've been called. Don't just stand there. Answer the call. And, and that's really the theme that I'm going to push this year. And I'm very excited about it. About let's not just stand there. Let's get to work wherever you are. It might be in your high school. It might be in your junior high or your job. Uh, it might be in the next city over. Hey, and it might just be another country over. But are you willing to answer the call? And and uh, and that's what we're going to talk about. Well, I think for for us as student pastors and student ministry workers, you know, we, we want our students to answer the call. And basically, as I've heard uh, people share on this podcast and other places that, that we need to put our yes on the table and then let God put that on the map. And so wherever that is, whether Amen. it's in our, in our classrooms or it's across the world, how do we help our students answer that call? You know, how do what are some things that we can do for our students to either get them ready for that or to help them in that encouragement process? You know, there's a number of things that we can do, but one of the biggest, in my opinion, is to train them to love and to have compassion. And mm. compassion is so important. As a matter of fact, Jesus, uh, it says that often Jesus would travel to different villages, and as he looked at the crowds, he would have compassion for them because they was like a sheep without a shepherd. See, Jesus saw something in people, and uh, I think we need to train our students to have the eyes of Jesus until we can start seeing like Jesus saw and get the pat compassion that he had. That's going to develop love, and until we can get them to see that and have that, uh, I don't think they're going to see the mission very clearly. You know, loving those around us is incredible. I I boil the Christian life down to three things. Love God, love people, make disciples. Amen. And the students at uh, Temple Baptist Church of Rogers could recite that at a drop of a hat because they heard it so much. <laughs> but it is so true, and we live in a society where Love and compassion is a strange thing. It um, is. In some ways, the world is saying to our students, love and care about everybody. But the same, at the same time, it's also saying, hey, it's all about you. In That's exactly right. Selfie world, you know. And so yes. what, can you think of some practical ways that we can help them embrace that compassion, embrace that love? Absolutely. Uh, some of the best ways is to serve. Uh, to start serving, and that, that helps in so many areas, even in areas that people struggle with anxiety and depression. Helping others, serving others can be so therapeutic for ourselves. And um, so so serving, on the uh, going on short-term mission trips, I believe that God used volunteer student missions, VSM, 
as a as a launching pad for us to be able to 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 cast a vision more even on our own ministry. So definitely uh, get them involved in serving on whatever level that looks like. You know, I, I think about uh, well my own kids, not just the kids that have been in my my student ministry, but I think about my own kids, and both of them have served on VSM teams. That's right, and they just have a broader scope, a broader idea of what it is to care for people and to love on people. Uh, back in 2008, so it's it's been a few years, I attended my first VSM boot camp. And mm. this, during those years, they would we would all go down to Gary, Texas, mm-hmm. and they would bring all the, the VSM students there, and they would have their teams, and it was about three, three and a half days of, well, it was like being a boot camp. There would be a day where you'd have to, go to the bathroom outside. Um, and for everybody that included the the girls, there mm-hmm. were games that included eating weird things out of paper bags. So <laughs> you could just experience <laughs> it. Uh, there was a big relay race around the campus where we would have to go through obstacles and they were team designed. So you would have to work with your teammates to get them through, uh, you know, just all these things that develop this yeah. team. But what was great were the messages that they were receiving along that time. They were understanding that it was not about them, but it was about the people that that were in this world that needed Jesus and that they were going to serve. And so I, I remember very specifically, this young lady had came up to me that was on, on um, one of the teams and said, hey, this, my, my friend needs to sing because she's got this really great voice. And so she needs to be that person on there. And um, I said, no, it's, it's not about you. That's, that's it. It's not about you. So the VSM kind of teaches this from the outset. The boot camps look different now, uh, but I just love that process. And we'll have a link to VSM in our show notes so that people can get a better idea of what it is and be able to reach out to, to Brian to understand some of this a little bit better if you'd like, and you can email him and find out more. Brian, we talked about getting them serving. Uh, what is there anything else that you can think of that would be a practical thing that they could implement? I think that uh, uh, serving is one of the biggest ones, uh, and then just get them exposed to to to, to the youth group, to their to whatever that might be. It might be a, a college ministry or a student ministry uh, to get them exposed to that. Uh, to start learn, letting them learn scriptures and, uh, mm. and just to be able to see the overall picture because, you know, even the gospel, unless you understand the gospel message in its entirety, to understand what it means, uh, that it starts from Genesis and goes through Revelation, uh, to be able to understand a clear gospel uh, message is, is also crucial because then they can start seeing, uh, hey, this is this is the good news that we're trying to reach to people. But it's hard to share something so good if you don't realize how good it really is. So yeah. having a, a foundation uh, of you know of this is also important. Well, helping our students love others, helping our students understand the truths of Scripture, that's going to help them answer the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, anything else you would want to add to this conversation about helping our students listen and answer the call? You know, I, I think it's important for our students to to really 
self-evaluate. I think the word, I think self-evaluate is important uh, because it, oftentimes, like you, you said earlier, um, it's all about ourselves. It's all about I and, and what is good for me and what's best for me. And, and, and we don't really think about others. And so to start self-evaluating, really, what direction you're going, uh, I think that's important to be able to help. Because sometimes we have to stop and say, you know what, I'm going in the wrong direction. Uh, I, need a, I, need mm. steer, I need to steer the ship a little bit in a, a little bit more in a different direction. Wow. Well, I appreciate that, Brian. And I appreciate your time. I know that these few months go by very quickly when you're home on furlough. And so for you to take a few minutes and to record a podcast with us and to share your heart, uh, that means a great deal. So thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Absolutely. It was an honor. And thank you very much for having me on. Well, Brian, if someone wants to get in touch with you to find out more about your ministry, uh, what are the ways that they can do that? Well, they can find us on Facebook. Uh, they can find me, Brian Reisner. So I have a Facebook. I also have a Facebook page, Reisners in Romania. They can find us there. Um, they can email me at brianwreisner uh, at gmail.com. And uh, that's some of the quickest ways that they can get a hold of us. We'll put all of those things in the show notes so that you have the opportunity to reach out to Brian, find out about his ministry in Romania and some of the things that have been going on with him and the people of Ukraine. And so we want to just say again, thank you to Brian. Thank you listeners for joining us today as we've continued the conversation. I know this idea of um, helping our students answer the call, it can be daunting, but we need to share uh, with our students, there is a piece of surrender when it comes to ministry. Amen. And we've got to help and encourage our students to surrender, not just to vocational ministry, but surrender their lives as they seek to impact the world for our great God and King. Amen. And so thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today. And we just want to encourage all of you to keep serving, keep loving on your students we do all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.